Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news, episode 140. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone, on this uh, peaceful, blissful, relaxing Wednesday night. <laughs> uh, so if you follow me on Twitter or if you are on my Discord, uh, you just got to see a brief moment of panic that unfortunately wasn't so brief, but it Fortunately, we got all worked out. Uh, this stream almost didn't happen um, because sitting, move my camera here, right next to me is that box right there, um, which can't, can't really see it, but oh well, you know it's there. Uh, that is my streaming PC. And more than my streaming PC, it's kind of the lifeblood of my channel. Like it's where I do like 80% of my work is here at this desk. And uh I had the show set up in OBS, had all my windows open and ready to rock and roll. I was just listening to some music on YouTube and was reading a couple articles for tonight. And uh, my PC just hard locked, like old school freeze frame hard locked. Uh, and I turned it off, turned it back on again, as all good IT people know how to do. And uh, it blue screened on boot. Uh, I actually got to the, to the password screen and as I'm typing in my password, it blue screened on me. I'm like, well, that's not a good sign. So I rebooted it, turned it back on, and it blue screened again, this time before I even got into Windows, and a completely different blue screen message. And then I rebooted again, and I got a completely different blue screen message. So something hardware-wise is not happy <laughs> in this box. Um, and that was at 7.15, so that was 45 minutes ago. Uh, so I spent literally the last 40 minutes or so uh, grabbing that PC off of my floor right here, uh, trying to find a replacement C, uh, PC that had enough PCI Express lanes and was chipset compatible uh, because Windows doesn't like to move chipsets all that often, especially with a lot of PCI assign assignments and drivers and everything else. And this PC has been the same PC for the last two years. Um, but all of my capture cards have to go in, my NVMe drives have to go in, uh, my video card has to go in, and all the drivers have to just work because I don't have time to be fussing with drivers. Um, so I grabbed the X99 Chinese rig that I built uh, last week, and that's what we're running on today. So it's kind of a put your money where your mouth goes kind of day, uh, where I said, this would be the perfect workstation. And here I am on it. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> How's your evening, John? I pretty relaxing, Jeff. You know, honestly, yeah. it was like really nice. It almost felt like a day at the spa. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, actually, it wasn't. But I woke up. Uh, actually, six. Uh, or I woke up to my phone just buzzing off uh, because I turned my ringer off, but I have it on vibrate, so it was just buzzing off at six a.m. And my boss is saying that no one can log into our program at work and to get there, and I. Okay, hang on. Let me remote in. Yeah, I can remote. I, I get it. I, well, what's wrong with everyone else's? And then he's like, "Well, only half the people can." Well, then it's obviously not my program. Right. <laughs> so sounds more networking issues or yep. possibly individual computer problems. All right, hang on. You know, we'll do some more tweaking. I, I love fine. those phone calls at you know six in the morning or yeah. four in the morning. Everything's broken. No one can work. Okay, I've just logged into our monitoring system, which gets updates literally every 30 seconds. Yeah. And everything is green across the board. Oh, I know. Can I, we re-explain re what's happening? Yeah. Oh, I, I tried to get onto Facebook at my machine and nothing is working. 
<laughs> okay, so your network drives aren't working? No, 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 they're there. Okay, so you can't log in? No, 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 I could log in. Okay, so this, no, 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 I could do that. Okay, so you just woke me up at four in the morning because you can't get onto Facebook. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep, that's, that's what- And people I, wonder why I quit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I go into the, the log, uh, I go check the logs, I'm like, what's talking about? Like, every major person that usually needs to be on this early is logged, they logged in two minutes ago. I can see it. Right. And and they're all like, no one can log in, they're freaking out. And I, I ended up finding out that um, uh, it wasn't even just that. Yeah, it was a networking issue, so it wasn't my fault. And then the guy who does, the, the manager does the morning shift, I guess there was a plumbing problem. And so basically the sprinkler system started leaking right above his desk and just started mm -hmm. spraying him and so he couldn't kind of take care of everything so he's just panicking over panicking type of a thing yeah and just, uh, just just get it done no one no no one can work no, 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 no. stuff like that you know and then wouldn't respond back to me so i like get there two minutes and then everyone's panicking john we can't get on we can't get on i walk into my office click 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 that, that looks good walk back there you go you yep. fixed it <laughs> yeah i did nothing <laughs> Uh, Remy in chat says the best calls, the one at 11 p.m. when you aren't the guy on call. Yeah, I've had those too. Ah, it's like, he, this is my weekend off, man. Uh, Scott Whatever. Scott saying I'm a, a bit quiet and in a fishbowl. Yeah, you are a little bit quiet and a little bit echoey. Oh. Um, it's not terrible to me, but it may be the, to them. I don't know. Well. Um, I don't want to turn up the level for John because all that's going to do is get more echoey. Yes. So. Well, I'm, I'm trying a different mic instead of my boom mic. Yeah. So. Okay, that's a little bit better for me anyway. I just moved the mic up. Okay. So. So hopefully that know. works. Yeah, hopefully that works. But yes. Yeah. So, but either way, I think it sounds like both of us need a beer. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> I do. Uh, this PC, last seen full. <laughs> my... My mic is uh, not far away. My mic is literally right here. <laughs> yeah. And mine mine is here. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. A yep. uh, little bit of a chaotic start, but uh, thank you for joining us on this beautiful Wednesday night. Uh, you want to go, go first? What's up? The intro of what we do, our once week live show of beer well, and tech. And once week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. If you are seeing the show for the first time, thank That's you so right. much for joining us. Uh, we do drink alcohol on the show. However, we try to keep the content as family friendly as humanly possible, uh, language included. Uh, if you are drinking, let us know along in chat and we will give some early show shout outs or shout outs as we see them. Uh, we do read all super chats live on the air so long as they are appropriate for me to say on the air. Uh, and that's about it, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. You'd think after 140 shows, I'd know how to say my intro. Right, someone's right. asking if, uh, if my microphone is set. Uh... As he's leaning forward and that's... yeah, that okay, that that's better. Okay, yeah. So uh, yeah, you were on your boom, which was, was across the room. Yeah, it was. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh... all right, beer time. Yes, beer time. All right, uh, uh... you want to go first or should yeah, I? I? I can go first. It's fine. Cool. 
So I'm going to be having for the first one today. Uh, Belching Beavers Viva La Beaver. This is a Mexican peanut butter chocolate porter stout. Ah. So seven and a half percent, I believe. I was in the mood for something different than an IPA. Yeah. Uh, so was I. I've, I've already had an IPA today, and I had uh, one yesterday as well. It's a pretty good-looking uh, little porter. Oh, yeah. I got, oh. I got my new my new glassware. Nice. I, I was admiring that, actually. Yeah. Uh, I had a pour on camera that you would have been proud of yesterday, John. It was about uh, four inches of beer and seven inches ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know... It was funny because I was going to try to just do my homebrew, my Belgian, uh-huh. and uh, I was going to message you because it was, I put it in like a mason jar just to kind of bleed the line a little bit, and yeah, it was just that much head and, and that much beer. I was like, oh, a perfect pour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. So I am drinking uh, actually the first beer that I'm going to be opening from my lawsuit settlement from, uh, <laughs> from uh, Mr. Jason Bits. Uh, I'm drinking uh, Walnut River Brewing Irish Irish Red uh, Warbeard, which I Warbeard. thought, uh, yeah, uh, Irish love, Red Ale, five and a half percent. I love Irish Red in El Dorado, Good. Kansas. Okay, sure. I don't know that I've ever had a beer from Kansas before, and I'd better get used to them because I have a lot of them. Now. <laughs> All right. That's what that looks like. That looks dark. It is kind of dark. Um, it's kind of like blood red. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it through the light. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, like, without the light, though, it looks really dark. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of see the, the angle I can see, the side yeah. of it right there. But yeah, it's, it's a super dark red. Mm. Very malty. That's good. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, this is good. If you like peanut butter, this is actually really good. Peanut butter and chocolate. This basically tastes like a peanut butter cup. Nice. Yeah, uh, Rev says he uh, he freaking loves that beer. Uh, we do have an early super chat here. Big Big Spoon, $2 for good vibes because that sexy rabbit will be on the show. Hey. <laughs> hey. Here's looking at you. <laughs> All right. As far as news goes, I have no idea what's first because all of my notes are still closed. <laughs> so we, uh, me, uh, uh, at least as far as going down the list, we actually are starting off with uh, some sad news. Yes. Yes, that's right. That that was uh, was first on the list here. Uh, so this this happened, I guess, early yesterday morning um, that uh, MSI president and CEO uh, uh, Charles Sheng uh died at the age of 56 um not uh there's not a lot that's out uh or being said about the incident yet uh but it is kind of a weird incident um at least the way they describe it the way he they described it uh apparently uh mr shang fell seven stories from a building in taipei um 
and the police are investigating it as suspicious. Um, and that's really all the information we have. Uh, but he was transported to a local hospital and later declared dead. Uh, 56 years old. Um, he's been with MSI since 1999 uh, as uh, vice president of hardware when he started. Um, in 2010, he moved into a general manager position. And then uh, it was only last year, like early last year, he moved into the CEO role. Yeah, it was like January, uh, uh, early early yeah. January, February, something like that. Right. But yeah, only 56 years old. Not not, not old at all. No. Yeah. So very, very, very sad situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just so. seems very mysterious of, you know, yeah. seven stories, falls. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I, I've, I, I, MSI is one of the, the the first companies that I started working with uh, after I started my channel. And so I know quite a few of the people over there. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, sorry for them. Sorry for for the company. Sorry for, yeah. for Mr. Sheng's family. I mean, this uh, 56 is not the age you expect to lose someone. Uh, so, yeah, I hate delivering news like that. I It bums me out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's... It, uh... It, it, it's hard to even like how do you talk about it you know how mm -hmm. do you even sit here and like well you know it, i mean the company itself was a, is a leading industry company and and mm -hmm. I, from my understanding he actually helped um bring msi into like the motherboard um kind of kingdom that they are now from right. the late 90s to early 2000s and he yeah, like, I... brought them up Right. That was his big um, to fame. Yeah, I I believe uh, 2010 he took over the general manager of the desktop space. So yeah. everything that they did as far as motherboards, desktop, and entering the consumer and builder space, um, and even a lot of the OEM kind of stuff, um, that was a lot of his doing. Yeah. Um, uh, in the late 90s, MSI was just an OEM board maker. Uh, you know, you think of someone like uh, Foxconn or, um, gosh, what's the other one? Uh, EMC, uh, you, you think of those two companies that, you know, they've produced the odd motherboard here and there, but they're, they were really OEMs for other companies. Yeah. Well, MSI was kind of that same, of that same ilk in, in the, uh, the mid to late nineties. And, uh, he transformed them from just an OEM who says, yeah, we can throw anything together that you want to let's design, make brand market, you know, uh, produce, uh, our own products, uh, why not? Yeah. And, uh, and now they're, they're one of the big boys. I mean, it's, it's, uh, really cool to see what he's done with that company. Uh, and, uh, and definitely a, a pretty big loss for MSI. Oh yeah. So. Uh, I mean, yeah. When, when I, I mean, that's literally like for them, I, I would say probably around like an early Steve's jobs dying type of thing, because he was that innovation. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he didn't bring like innovation, but he really pushed the company hard push the company forward and, yeah. and push them into marketplaces that they would not be in today. Exactly. Um, and, and I think that's a, that's a great comparison. Um, that, uh, you know, he, he saw potential in the marketplace and he goes, well, other people are doing this. Why not us? Yeah. And, and yeah. really, really led that charge. So yeah, sad news. Very sad news. Yep. Okay. So, Moving on. Uh, interesting 
weird car news. This this one could uh, could spur some conversation. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know how you're you're gonna like it or what your opinion is. But uh, you don't know what my opinion is. I mean, I pretty much got your. You opinion. don't know what my opinion on this subject is. I mean, I. Uh, probably the same as mine so. really <laughs> really i'm just trying to start good conversation here <laughs> there's like, no conversation like, like you said there's going to be convert there could be so i was like okay i'll play this up jeff sure i, I, I guess <laughs> no i uh, i don't know anyone I, I, that's gonna I, I like thinking, this this is dumb i i was thinking it could spur conversation but it's all going to be one-sided is kind of how i was yeah, thinking. Okay, okay okay yeah okay uh be interesting to talk about. Anyway, Anyways. what we're talking about is uh, BMW. Uh, we occasionally jump into the auto world over here, um, especially as it relates to technology or services. Um, as uh, as tech does intertwine with the auto industry quite a bit, and uh, there's quite a few car heads and, and motorheads that follow my channel. Uh, I'm kind of a wannabe motorhead. I, I really enjoy the stuff, but I don't work on my own stuff, so... Because I have enough hobbies. <laughs> um, but uh, BMW uh, announced plans uh, last Wednesday, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, I don't remember which, to start selling uh, heated Sell. seats as a service. I was going to say, selling? <laughs> Leasing? Renting? Renting? Um, so for th those who don't know the tech terminology, uh, as a service... Um, so if I say banking as a service or web hosting as a service or uh, video video streaming as a service, uh, Netflix is a video streaming as a service platform. That is, you are paying access to their service. Yeah. Um, it is something you do not own. It is something you don't even rent. You simply pay access for the ability of this company to provide you a service. Um, and uh, you see that acronym a lot in the tech industry, especially as it comes to hosted products, um, you know, services, websites, databases, etc. You see that a lot. Um, and I'm using it tongue in cheek here because it's exactly what BMW is doing. Uh, I'd actually equate this more to what Cisco does, uh, where they will sell you the hardware and then they will sell you a license so you can use the hardware. You're paying full price for the hardware, and then you're paying for the privilege of using said hardware yeah. uh, with Cisco licensing. And that's exactly what BMW is doing here. They are going to be installing heated seats in every single BMW, and then you can pay a monthly subscription charge service fee to be able to turn on your heated seats. <laughs> So so yeah, this is this is horrible. That's a stupid what thing. What the actual crap? <laughs> yeah. So this this comes on the heels of uh, BMW just announcing that they're going to be partnering with Apple with their uh, Apple Play, um, and so they're going to be able to make it for their I believe some kind of digital key essentially. It's a digital key service, and so they're going to kind of go on top of that to where you'll pay for. Hey, if you have an Apple device. Well, you can pay for a subscription with your BMW to turn your phone into your digital key. Mm -hmm. That kind of started, well, if people are going to pay for that, maybe we can join with Apple and other services. Well, let's start with heated seats. Right. And so it's, it's, it's so dumb because it's sounding like, from my understanding, that they're going to start off with the M4s. 
they're going to be the I think it's like the 2000. I think it's starting this year. So the, the yeah 2021 last, model year. Yeah, right. so the 2021 model year. So end of this year, those are the BMWs that we're going to be seeing. And they're talking even this is just the first of many features to come it is just it's so mind boggling that you would have to pay even a dollar a month to turn your heated seats on mm-hmm. or, or any other service. I mean, what happens? My biggest problem with this was that what happens if you get into an accident and you didn't pay for all those services, but now your parts are way more expensive. That's that's what I wanted to get into. Uh, someone brought up the point of Tesla does the same thing with autopilot. And this is what Microsoft is wanting to do with Windows. Um, but neither of them are quite there to that extent. Uh, with Tesla, you're paying for software. You're paying for upkeep on said software. And so you are paying for a service, but active development on artificial intelligence, you know, self-driving navigation is one thing. Yeah. Heating elements in your ass are completely another. Um, well, not in your ass. Although it's BMW, who knows? Well, maybe, maybe they, they got to stick something up somewhere. Right. Um, but uh, this is a completely different different set of circumstances. Um, it, there are some things that are mechanical. That if I purchase this piece of mechanical equipment... I expect that piece of mechanical equipment to run save for my own maintenance that I need to do. If I go and buy a lawnmower and my lawnmower is a gas lawnmower and it's height adjustable, let's let's give it two two features. Oh, and self-propelled. Let's give it three features, let's say. Okay. Uh, Those are all by manual. Those are, you know, I've got a lever to, to do the height adjust. I've got a pull chain or if you're really fancy, an electric start on your mower. And I've got, you know, a, a little switch to pick little go switch, forward. little switch to go forward, which just engages the clutch to uh, to the to the motor and drives one of the wheels. Um, let's say all of a sudden, we'll just say John Deere because I wouldn't put this past them. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's just say John Deere all of a sudden says, "Well, we're going to put a computer onto your lawnmower, and now we're going to charge a service fee to engage the clutch." So your self-propelled lawnmower will actually go forward now. Uh, if you don't want to pay the service fee, you don't have to. Uh, but the equipment's there if you ever want it. Uh, but if you are just fine pushing your lawnmower, then you can save that five ninety nine a month. Uh, that's crap. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, and you probably pay. Pre- the, the the problem is too is even with all those services turned off you're paying the exact same price as everyone else. So the base mm-hmm. model just went up because it has those uh, that uh, ability to now turn those features on and off. That in right. itself is a feature. Well, cars have been doing that for a number of years where a lot of cars will still come with equipment and you just won't have the switch to turn set equipment on if yeah. your car isn't technically equipped with that package. Um, or... You know, uh, the wiring looms are all the same for the cars. They all have all the same wiring. It's just whether or not it's terminated to a device on the end as well. And so, um, uh, and this has been going on forever. I mean, uh, I had a 2003 Toyota MR2 and the MR2 doesn't come uh, standard with cruise control. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, It was one of the only Toyotas that year that didn't have cruise control standard, but it shared a lot of parts with the Corolla, uh, Celica, and a couple other cars. I I think the Matrix was on that list as well. Um, Shared a bunch of internal parts with all those cars. Well, the wiring loom is already in the steering column for cruise control because it wouldn't make sense to design two or three different wiring looms depending on which you know stock features you needed to add. And so if you went out and bought a different steering wheel with the cruise control lever on it, you could plug it in and have cruise control. Yeah. Um, so cars have been doing this for a long time. I mean, well, yeah, but you didn't, you didn't pay for that service to automatically turn right. on. Right. Well... Kind of, you did because well, you, it's still part of it's the. A, well, it's a one-time. I guess it's a one-time fee because it's a one-time fee for the part. But my point was, every single MR2 is capable of having cruise control because it already has the equipment minus the lever to actually make it work. Yeah, um, I, I guess my point was more of it, the automatic of turning it on or off because mm-hmm. it being, it's not as if you pay for the subscription, then they're going to say, now go to the mm-hmm. BMW dealership and then we'll turn it on for you. Right. You know, it, it's no, no. Yeah, you can turn it on from your phone and digitally because it's already built in. That in itself is a feature that they're going to be having to put in all the base models so everything gets it. And another thing, though, is what happens if you bring this car to a local mechanic who's not used to that type of thing? Is it going to ruin anything? You know, all these parts that he's going to be looking up and then let's say you do get into an accident and then you take it to your local mechanic and he buys you, uh, you know, the budget sheet, the, the seat yeah, to, to fix that seat. It doesn't have heating elements in it. You know, um, I, I, I there's just so many weird things yeah. about this that is just, I don't like it's So dumb. Yeah. Um, and it comes back to, do I own the hardware or not? I mean, this, this is this is in the same ilk of, of an argument as right to repair. Yeah. Of who owns the hardware. Uh, let's say that I'm paying a subscription service to turn on my heated seats. If the heated seat stops working, does BMW pay to fix it? That's a good point. Because I'm renting that hardware now from BMW. Does BMW pay maintenance fees, repair costs on any leased or as a service items that they're selling as part of the car? Or did they sell me the hardware and now they're selling me a license to use the hardware one month at a time? Yeah, that's, and, uh, that's a good point. Right, and, and I get things like, like I said, I understand the autopilot because you're paying for constant development updates, etc. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a different thing. But like you said, a simple this, feature. This, this is a a voltage regulator and a couple of wires touching in a, in a controlled resistance <laughs> to generate heat. It's not, this isn't rocket science. We've had this technology since like the 1860s. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a little bit more refined now, but it's the same technology. It's a, it's a controlled short. That's all heating elements are. Yeah. That's no, all light yeah. bulbs were for years and years. Yeah. Now, and the, the article also states that you can even get other features like um, status updates and gauge updates and, and mm-hmm. on your dash. Um, and they're saying that some of those, basically similar to an app, would be like a one-time cost or could be a service fee uh, entitled like that. And again, that's just, you're just looking for information. It's, at the same time, I wonder if someone could hack this. And then now is the warranty on your BMW screwed? Similar to like your Apple product of saying, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, you have a third party Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, you jailbroke this? We yeah, can't, you, yeah, we we can't, can't warranty the hardware. BS, your oh, warranty should yeah. cover the hardware. Or like, oh, oh, oh you did that to our our, our seat. We're, we can't touch your tires now. Right. 
you know, something something completely that's not even connected to that. You put it in an aftermarket stereo. Oh, I can't touch it now. Yep. You oh, know. Sorry, we can't touch your brakes now. Yeah. Now that, we don't know what that aftermarket stereo might have done to them. Yeah, the, the voltage or whatever could be screwing something up. We yeah. don't know how they wired but it. But see, the reason we never have that conversation on the car side of things is because we have consumer protections in place for things like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we actually have legislation passed to force automakers and, and auto sellers to warranty the car up to original factory standards minus wear and tear um, on everything that is original equipment. Um, and so I can go and replace the stereo. The stereo isn't going to cause my timing belt to snap prematurely or a ball joint to, to break or, you know, my tires to go bald or my brakes to fail. Uh, those are unrelated. And the legislation defines if it's unrelated and wasn't directly caught, didn't directly cause the failure or premature breakdown of a part, you have to cover that part as if it was OEM new. Um, and it's the same reason I can go to just about any dealership and buy any part for any car. Now I have to pay a price for that, but it's available. Um, it's not like they won't sell it to me because they're legally required to sell you the part so you can service it yourself. Um, and this is such a foreign concept to a lot of tech companies uh, and something that Apple and, and a lot of other manufacturers uh, actively fight against. And Apple's going, well, it's keeping phones on the market for too long and, and they become dangerous because their batteries are exploding. Yeah, it's because you charged $120 to replace a battery a couple years ago until yeah. your battery started prematurely failing and now all of a sudden you charge $30, which is still more expensive than it probably should be uh, if you're replacing them there in the store. Meanwhile, no one seems to ever point this out, but you can get onto Samsung's website and buy any phone for any part they produce. You enter the part number, you can have it shipped to your door from Samsung's website. OEM parts. Reasonable prices. It's yep. not hurting their business. They're, they're number two in the smartphone market. And... <laughs> and rising, too. And, and yeah. So... Yeah, Apple's argument that, you know, it hurts the market. No, it hurts your market because now people aren't going to go out and buy a new iPhone after a year and a half because they dropped a screen and you want to charge $500 to replace an iPhone X screen. Now they can get onto, you know, your website or a third-party website and replace their own. Uh, as if you are the owner of the hardware, you should be legally allowed to do. And the company should not prohibit you from doing such repairs. Um, and so that's the heart of right to repair. And like I said, that, that ties right into charging access to hardware that you own from a company with, from a car that you already bought. Yeah. If I go and buy a BMW M4 2021 and it comes equipped with heated seats, I expect to be able to push the button and those heated seats come on. Now, if I'm not paying for whatever the BMW equivalent of OnStar is, or I don't want XM series satellite radio, or, you know, whatever add-on services that, that they want to sell me, that's up to me. But it's not going to diminish the equipment that I have, unless it's a hosted service, like XM and, and everything else. Uh, heated seats, sport mode on, on, you know, your little knob on the, on the dashboard there, uh, AM, FM radio, air conditioning, you know, where, where do you stop with 
we're going to lease you rights to own, to use your own equipment. Yeah. Well, and even then, so like, I guess that comes back to, let's say, uh, are the mechanical issues of if you are going to go for the turbocharge or sport sport mode, you know, to get all that tightening up and that chipset to do all that or whatever equipment that they needed. Um, I, I just can't get back past like the whole mechanical and hardware issue. And yeah, everything is just stupid about this. It really yeah. is. Uh, I, I hope this. I hope this uh, endeavor fails. Honestly, yep. I'm sorry, but I hope this. Um, and also, I think I read that it was like uh, their M4 series again. Well, they're going to have to raise the price on this ever so slightly. So it's going to be base model, or the model's going to start at forty five thousand dollars. We have to, so we yeah. can provide you exactly. this service. So, so even now, the base models are going up in price. Right. Because again, you're paying for a feature that you might not ever use. Right. Uh, Emil says uh, they want recurring payments, not a one-time payment. Then develop a service that that requires a, a monthly subscription fee. Chevrolet has OnStar. That's their own company. They own, General Motors owns OnStar. And OnStar is a major selling feature of GM vehicles. Um, there's a lot of people who really like it. Um, and that's a hosted service that you pay, you know, five, ten dollars a month for. You can get driving directions. You can you know, get roadside assistance. You get accident awareness and and auto response and, and yeah. things like that. You get into an accident, they'll call you. They'll call you. Verify you're okay. If you don't answer, they'll call you an ambulance. Yeah. Even if you do answer, they'll they'll call ambulance, fire, you know, medical, whatever you need. Yeah. And so. It's a cool feature, and it is a selling point of Chevrolet and, Gen and GM vehicles. Oh yeah, I mean, I, if I had one, I'd probably buy it. If if uh, I I had a I had a Chevy vehicle for three years with OnStar, it was great. Yeah. Um, I only used it like twice, but I knew it was there, and it was great peace of mind. And they can unlock your doors for you if you lose your keys. They can <laughs> they can do yeah. a lot of things. Um, but. If you want recurring monthly income, it's not just saying we're going to turn off a feature and then charge you to re-enable it. It's developing a service that people actually want. Not, I want my butt to be warm on my way to work. Well, let's charge a subscription fee for that. It, it's asinine. Yeah, it's, I know. And then, and then they're like, well, but you can turn it off during the summertime if you want. You know, It's the easy <laughs> way out and the scuzzy way out. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's bad business practice. Yes. Although it's BMW, oh, well, probably the best may, probably the are... best joke that I saw on on this whole thing was uh, I wonder how many people will opt for the Blinker subscription service. <laughs> yeah, they've already opt out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, it's not surprising. I don't though. know a single driver who will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are partnering with Apple, so it's like, oh well, if Apple did it, we could do. We don't have to do right of repair. It's fine. <laughs> Next thing we have to open source is cars. I like that. Yeah, technically those, those, cars are open source. I was gonna say like, yeah, you've ever heard of rat rods, old sixties cars? You go up, but you buy an old car, it's open source. Any actually, any modern car is still technically open source, except if you you know build a Mustang and call it Eleanor. <laughs> Jeff, don't have a rant. I'm, Calm down. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. <laughs> what I will say on that situation is bravo Chris for uh, having the Mustang taken away. And then your very next project car, you go, 
I'm going to take a 2016 Mustang and put it on a, or a 67 body and put it on a 2016 Mustang because I know how to do it now. We just won't call it Eleanor this time. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny he's, That's seriously what he's doing. Now yeah. he's making a, a, a rat rod kind of a thing and it, it's not going to be, you know, neat and tidy and, and everything around the corners, but he's doing the exact same project. Yeah, no, it's actually, it's, it's like half rusty looking. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. I, yeah. I love the look uh, of what he's going for. Um, but, uh, yeah. Bravo, Chris. If you, if you don't know what we're talking about, B is for build. Um, <laughs> but uh, cars are not open source. They're not open source, but you can get repair manuals freely available. Um, now, you can't get the design specifications for how to manufacture your own engine block uh, for the most part. Um, but every single engine has breakdown bolt by bolt, nut by nut teardowns that have to be made publicly available because the federal requirement is that you be able to service your own vehicle. They cannot put it behind a service center or lock and key or anything like that. They are required to provide you with that information or make it readily available at an affordable cost. Um, so again, it's completely different than the way the tech sector handles things where the tech sector is more than happy to lock things down and once they sell you a device go you are completely on your own we're going to support this for 12 months at most yeah and uh and good luck to you well i spent you know four thousand dollars on this product sorry how's that beer um it's a red. Well, you said it was malty. Um, it smells very, very malty. Ah. <laughs> Picking up what I'm putting down. Um, so. So now we know how why Jason sent you all this. Like, I'm gonna make him think that all these beers are good. They're all crap. <laughs> I don't hate it. I, I and I don't I don't even dislike this beer. Um. It, it's a red beer. I can say that. Okay. It's malty enough where it's a red beer. The taste is very muted. It's very, very muted. Um, not much unlike the the Copper Reserve Budweiser. Okay. All right. It, it's of that ilk. Really? Um, where uh, I get what they were going for. I totally get what they were going for. Okay. Um, but where a red, I would expect it, the taste to kind of develop and, and, you know, go from kind of malty to a little bit of a hoppy back end yeah. and, you know, you, things that you expect a red to do. This is one, one malt up front and then just kind of like a smooth, nothing there. Finish. Nothing in the back end. There's nothing there. Hmm. It's very muted. Um, the flavors are not unpleasant. It's just not very uh, complex or... Right. And, and you know, even even in Oregon where we have some pretty decent reds. You know, we've got Dawn of the Red and, oh, yeah. and a couple others like that that are, like, really, really good. And, and they give you exactly the flavors that you should be experiencing in an Irish red. This, it's like the bare minimum. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, you can copy my homework, just make it look like someone else's. <laughs> um, That's a great analogy. Right. It, um, there's malt there. There's kind of some hops there. 
all the markers are there that says that say it's an Irish red. It's just not a very good Irish red. Ah, okay. Although I've had some really bad reds where it's like, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure this is just an IPA with burnt flavor. I'm pretty in. sure this is a Pilsner with red food coloring. <laughs> yeah. You right. Know. I've, I've had that one. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll just, maybe they just don't know that. You said it was uh, Kentucky or Kansas? Kansas. 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 Uh, maybe just El Dorado, Kansas. Maybe they just don't have good beer. I love the name. Warbeard. I mean, that's just Warbeard, fantastic. yeah. I mean, that sounds like a great name. Yeah, it's it's got uh, you know the the Viking dragon here on the bottom. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a cool it's a cool can. Oh, I didn't even see the the extra little Viking on the side here. Kind of holding up a giant axe on a on a Viking ship, but yeah, like it's not. There's nothing I really dislike about this, but it is certainly not remarkable. Um. And I, I can't even call this like a good lawnmower beer because lawnmower beers typically aren't really malty. No, they're just, not. It's supposed to be pretty light. But... Yeah, and, and this is not like a crisp, cold, refreshing, you know, ah, kind of beer. It's just kind of, eh. Huh. It's a little bit, I mean, little bit gets, heavy for that. It gets a 369. Yeah. So it's not horrible, but that's interesting. I, I wouldn't rate it nearly that high. <laughs> 275 Ooh, is probably where I'd put it. Okay. Like, it's drinkable, and, and it is what it says it is. It is an Irish red. It's the bare minimum that I would consider an Irish red, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe over there, that, that's considered a good beer. This is the Irish red that got a C- minus in college. <laughs> hey, it's passing. It's passing. <laughs> it's passing. And, hey, it's passing. He still got the degree, the degree, and no one asked you for your grades when you get the job. They just that's exactly the right, and that's exactly what I'll put this. He's he's not the gosh, what's the? It, it's not the the copper logger reserve where they say like Irish red inspired, and that's the guy that dropped out of college his freshman year because uh, you know he never learned how to study. And then uh, three years later, he hits you up on Facebook and he's starting to sell Cutco knives. <laughs> That's the Copper Reserve logger. This, this, he's at least working in his field. How's that? <laughs> that? That's his roommate. He actually got through classes just barely, I'm, but he got I'm through. I'm taking this analogy way too far, but I don't care. I'm loving it. <laughs> that, that, that's the beer where the guy, his roommate killed himself and then he all got straight A's but didn't have to do anything the rest of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, where are we even at in this show? I don't know. Uh, rural bandwidth or rural broadband. There we go. There it <laughs> is. Where are Wild. Not world. <laughs> right. Rural. 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 Uh. So this one is actually partially local news as well. I don't know if you read the article, but... I uh, I did, and I I even watched the video. Yep. Uh, So led by uh, House Chairman Peter DeFazio, who is uh, one of Oregon's uh, representatives uh, in Congress. Um, The House of Representatives passed 233 to 188. Uh, House recommendation or House... Gosh, what is the... HRR. Uh, Um, uh, 
H.R. 2, the Moving Forward Act, which is a comprehensive legislation that invests more than $1.5 trillion into what's essentially the nation's infrastructure. That's roads, bridges, transit, rail, ports, harbors, schools, housing, broadband, ethernet. Apparently that counts as infrastructure now. Uh, drinking and wastewater systems, postal service, clean energy sector, healthcare infrastructure, and much more. Uh, so... Uh, $1.5 trillion in the overall, you know, moving America forward bill or moving forward act. Um, and 100 billion of that is for fleshing out broadband service nationwide. And the, the writing of this act, they mean nationwide. Um, now likely a lot of that, uh, that money for building the infrastructure is going to go to Comcast, Verizon, AT&T, Cox, Charter, CenturyLink. You know, you go down the list of like the usual suspects. They're they're the last mile providers. They are who is going to get this money. Um, And whether or not there are checks and balances in place to make sure that broadband actually gets rolled out nationwide, um, that remains to be seen. Uh, cause I've seen this song and dance before twice before, in fact, uh, and pretty much the same amount of money. If you go back and think about, uh, you know, inflation, cause uh, what was it? Uh, $42 billion back in 1998 or something oh. like that for almost a carbon copy of this initiative. <laughs> well, I mean, we all did get dial up then. So mm-hmm. technically it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I- I'm banking on more of a Elon Musk thing right now over the Yeah, next. I'm I'm really hoping on uh well it's not Skynet, but what Close yeah, enough. Drawing, drawing a blank on it now. Um but yeah, I, I am uh, Starlink. There we go. Starlink. Oh. Um Skynet. Skynet. <laughs> no, it's it's in the sky, it provides network. No, what do you no, want? It's it's Skynet. It's Skynet. It's Skynet. Let's call it what it is. It's yeah. Skynet. Um yeah, no, I'm I'm banking on that for hopefully it works. Um and I certainly want to be a beta tester or, you know, a, an early adopter just to see. Yeah. Like, I'd like to review it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Because <laughs> uh, I think that'd be a fun video. I got to go tuck my son in. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Um, so, like I said, the, this bill is pretty much a carbon copy of a lot of the initiatives that have happened before as far as providing rural access for broadband internet. Uh, the exact wording of it is, it, quote, expands affordable high-speed internet access to underserved communities. Uh, which is right here. There we go. Uh, and the way it does that is with $100 billion in investment that promotes competition, connects children to remote learning, closes broadband adoption and digital skill gaps and improves affordability. Um, so that is the, the broad statement uh, as far as the bill goes. A lot of this is to make sure that rural areas do get access to broadband now. And it's also going to um, uh, look at a lot of the other areas of connectivity. So underserved areas, underprivileged areas, uh, lower income places, uh, you know, making sure that all schools have have broadband internet. I know that's, that's an issue that has come up in the past where rural schools are still working off of dial-up or HughesNet or, or crap like that. Um, and uh, those kids certainly aren't getting an equitable education, uh, which is required by most state laws. Um, so keep using that word, affordable. 
I do. I do. Um, cause in theory it should all be affordable. Um, so, uh, let's see what's going on in chat here. Yeah. 96 telecommunications act. Yeah. That was, and I think it was right about $42 billion in 1996 money. Uh, and basically nothing ever came of that as far as the infrastructure that the telecom companies were supposed to roll out. They were supposed to roll out fiber in 1996, and they were supposed to have it done by 2006. Guess how much fiber got laid? None. So I hope this project goes further than that. And like I said, uh, one thing I'm looking for is making sure there are checks and balances to make sure it actually, the money gets spent where it's supposed to be spent and not just corporate buyouts and everything else that's happened before with all of that $40 billion in, in monies. So, uh, uh, Starlink will work on the K or KU band. Uh, so yes, weather will have an effect on it. And yes, weather will have an effect on, on Starlink, um, because it has to be a high enough frequency that you can actually get that amount of, uh, of data pushed through it. Uh, because they are pushing for, um, I think they were saying 250 meg speeds and, and in time they're pushing, uh, for gig speeds. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, ID Prom says, uh, uh, a crap ton of fiber was laid, just none of it was lit up. And that is kind of the issue where, uh, they just kind of threw it out there and then no one used it. Uh, <laughs> something... It's something like only 15% or something like that of all fiber that's laid across right. the U.S. is actually in use. Now, a lot of that is because of redundant cabling. Um, but, uh, yeah. No, you bring up a good point. I do. You do. Thank you for joining the conversation. Joe. Yep. Your your insight has been, uh, you know, eye-opening. Yes, yes, I know. I, I, I bring that to the, the table. Yes. Those type of just insights and thoughts. That no one would have ever thought of. I just right. curveball it. Yeah. So, so what are your real thoughts on that? Um, you know, I, I I actually flip flop back and forth sometimes. I internally I debate it myself, and it's an inner struggle, really. But it, it's so hard. You know, it's just you know, it is. It is what it is, and it's hard to do. Just hard. S same, brother. Yeah. Same. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, uh, we were right. just talking about uh, Starlink potentially being uh, disrupted by weather service, and that's exactly right. Uh, oh, okay. And it'd be, it would be rough if uh, your internet connection depended on clear skies because, well, Starlink won't work in Oregon. Um, <laughs> but uh, speaking of thunder. <laughs> thunder. Thunder. Thunderbolt! Four! <laughs> I wrote uh, that and I was like, I'm proud of that. I know it's stupid, but I'm proud of that. <laughs> right. Uh, I was caught! <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Intel has announced Thunderbolt 4. Because Thunderbolt 1, 2, and 3 have been so successful. Hey, I mean, fourth? I will say... This this does sound intriguing, because uh, they're doubling the length of the cord. 
Ooh. <laughs> you know why they're doubling the length of the cord? Because fiber cables never made it to market. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Thunderbolt 4 officially announced today. Um, and I so want Thunderbolt to be a thing. I do. But I'm going to naysay this. I'm, I'm going to come, come and say I... I'm upset with Intel for a lot of different reasons uh, on the whole Thunderbolt, you know, deployment, rollout, uh, hardware, everything. Um, it's because it's an Intel chip and I get it's an Intel chip. They pick and choose who they want to sell that particular Thunderbolt chip to. Um, they don't let hardly anyone integrate it into motherboards. Um, I have one of the few PC motherboards in my system right here. The one that is dying or has died or has bad RAM or something. Um, I have a Thunderbolt card because it has hardware tie-in to the motherboard that actually requires what looks like an old school audio cable from your CD-ROM drive hey. that has same plug. Uh, the big wide one? Oh, yeah. That's it. That's Thunderbolt. It's even got the little retention clasp on the back of it. Uh, and it's five pins instead of four. But yeah, that's that's the cable that they used. Um, it has to tie into your motherboard. And on the back of it, I get two display ports and two Thunderbolt ports. And the display ports are so I can route little daisy chain cables or little pigtails from my video card into this so I can display video out through the Thunderbolt provided from my discrete graphics card because they also won't let graphics card manufacturers integrate Thunderbolt into any of their products. So the only person that has Thunderbolt integrated into their products wholesale is Apple. Only company. Um, this is an MSI board. Uh, it, it's an MSI X299 creation motherboard. It's a $600 motherboard. Um, lot of really great features, including Thunderbolt. But Thunderbolt is still on a daughter board here because this is the circuitry required for Thunderbolt. Um, it requires its own, you know, VRM chokes on it. Uh, and yeah, you still have to daisy chain cables outside of your case with like display port back into your case. And it's just weird. Um, and that's Thunderbolt 3. That's... That's Thunderbolt 3. That's what we're upgrading from right now to yeah. Thunderbolt 4. Um, if Intel would make this a standard and stop trying to bankroll every last aspect of it, it would push out USB. Because Thunderbolt is a PCI Express connected uh, device. Um it is a direct connect. Uh, right now they're using, what is it? Four PCIe 3.0 lanes, I believe. Something like that. Um, and you get 40 gigabit uh, throughput and USB, uh, and, and the new spec has USB 4.0 spec uh, yeah. integrated into it. So it's going to be USB 4 forward thinking compatible uh, whenever USB 4 becomes a thing. But if they would stop saying we're the only person who can manufacture it, we're the only person who can distribute it, you have to sign X agreements and meet X standards to be able to deploy it. Um, I mean, the number of PCs it's in, I can probably count on one hand and maybe half of a foot 
uh, as far as how many motherboards support Thunderbolt connectivity um, outside of the Apple ecosystem. And then if you go and look at uh, your peripherals, your your Thunderbolt docks and your, your graphics card docks and things like that, um, that could be a fairly large market. Oh, and yeah. it is so difficult and so expensive for these companies to get in that you're selling what is essentially a PLX bridge over a Thunderbolt cable that connects an X4 slot on your motherboard to an X16 slot on a daughter board. And you're selling that expansion for $400, $500, or if you're Lasai, six, $700 for tech that exists inside systems for pennies. It's a PLX chip. It's, it's not that difficult. Um, it's, it's GBIC. It's, it's converting, you know, digital signal to optical. If you want to go with the, an optical cable, that technology exists for 30 bucks in, in, in GBIC connectors. Now the USB-C connector makes it, you know, all that much more sexy, but this isn't foreign technology to a lot of the tech world. It's just the integration of it into this single port that is, that is new and exciting. And Intel wants to monetize that supply chain end to end. Well, yeah, just like you're saying, the the, the USB-C part and the fact that they're trying to make this very now universal to mm -hmm. replace, you know, I think it's like 12 different versions of USB-C because it's backwards compatible with that. Yeah, but you still need the Thunderbolt. And then when Thunderbolt is basically Apple native only, right? Um, then you're really... And when you only get one Thunderbolt port on a computer. Yeah, <laughs> that that's that's stupid now i gotta buy thunderbolt and now i gotta buy the the dock the docking mm -hmm. station to plug it in now they're saying that oh but now it comes with a six foot cord you can get up to a six foot or no nine foot cord because that's more uh, cell phone charger compatible so you can stretch it away further and then your dock can hold i think it can hold twice as many docking stations as the three and but mm -hmm. yeah that's just that's just stupid now i gotta buy the thunderbolt cord and the dock when thunderbolt's already built in why not just have multiple ports on your computer, like you're saying for MSI or or PCs? How mm -hmm. basically how USB 3.0 or Cs are now? Right. If they did do this, this would be the standard. Right. This would be the high speed standard, um, and it's um, you know e even still we still have very slow adoption of USB C because it is such a weird standard to be able to hit, and. Uh, when you start pushing more bandwidth through the same old connections. So Ethernet's a great analogy for this. Uh, you know, Cat3, you could run 10 megs through that. 500 feet, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could run it, you could twist it around, you know, fluorescent light ballast and it would still freaking carry a signal. Um, all of a sudden you, you wanna push 100 megs through it. Ooh, maybe 200 feet maybe 200 feet and it's going to be dependent on electrical interference. You know, you, you might get hundred megs, but you might have to negotiate back down to 10 and there's no middle ground with that. It's a protocol that has to follow a certain set of standards. Um, so what did they do? Well, they upgraded to cat five cables. Cat five, you can get hundred megs up to 330 feet. Well, what if we want gig? Ooh, we're gonna have to figure out a way to like isolate the signal in that. So what we'll do is we'll isolate 
each pair of wires in that and we'll twist them together and you have to have so many twists per foot and that's going to negate the electrical interference that might cause the signal to degrade over that that length of wire and uh and the wire is also a little bit thicker so the voltage won't drop quite as severely so now you can get gigabit up to 330 feet over cat 5e okay that's great what if we want to deliver power 200 feet 200 feet maybe okay, okay tell you what cat 6 you can go cat six. We'll, we'll do we'll do even more isolation and 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 a little bit different layout and and even tighter bundles and and tighter you know bundled pairs. And uh, now you can go 330 feet power over Ethernet up to 48 volts power over E plus. Uh, you guys rock and roll. Okay, but what about 10 gig? Ooh, 100 <laughs> feet. And and so you go on and you go on and you get thicker and thicker cabling and more and more exacting standards to eliminate electrical interference. And that's exactly what. Thunderbolt is fighting. Um, and that's exactly what USB-C is fighting. Um, there's, uh, I did a review of this case right here, actually. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the the Fractal Design Meshify uh, S2. Uh, you can't see it, but it's there, I promise. Um, but uh, the only complaint I can come up with this case was the USB-C port was kind of weirdly routed. And I couldn't, the, the port had to be on the exact right spot on the motherboard for that cable to reach and still be routed with the rest of the cabling. And, uh, and it was just kind of a pain in the butt. And, uh, and Fractal responded and they said, well, that's because of USB-C length limitations. And I said, I understand that, but your port is too far away then. So that was my point is if the, if the cable can't go that far, then you need to move the port closer so I can plug it in where I need to be able to plug it into. Um, but it's length limited because they have to meet USB 3.2 Gen 2 standards, which is 10 gigabit, uh, 45 watt power delivery, uh, display compatibility. You know, you go down the list of all the things that USB-C has to be able to meet and it has to be able to meet these specs. Um, and you can only do that up to so long before the signal degrades just within the cable itself. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that's what we're running into with Thunderbolt um, and USB-C. USB, yeah. So that's why you don't see more USB-C ports in computers is because they're insanely hard to actually integrate into a PC because of the standards that have to be you know, put in place and the traces that need to be done on the motherboard. And... Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, actually as, as recently as last year, I guess if you had USB-C on a computer chassis, that was a $10 ad per chassis that you built because that cable had to be hand done. There was not a machine that could generate that cable um, or, or could the, there had to be something done with that cable by humans that added literally $10 to each manufacturing cost. And so that's why you would only get USB-C in what was a $180 case because $10 of that cost at manufacturing was for that USB-C front port. Um, and I think it's gone down since then, but but still that's that's the kind of rigmarole that has to go into a lot of these standards-based systems. Looks like you got some super chat. Yep, uh, James, $2, thank you very much. No comment with it, but I'll, I'll acknowledge you anyway. Uh, and, uh, James then commented again, $5, uh, just do an Apple thing and make every, and, uh, and make everything a Thunderbolt type C. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's easier to do on a laptop because 
a laptop is physically smaller space. And usually that's harder to integrate, but signal integrity stays Tight. you know, better the shorter your, your runs are and the shorter your traces are. And so where I'm looking at an ATX motherboard going, well, if I've got to get from a CPU PCI Express lane down to a PLX chip and then over to here and then up to here and the controller and I've got to route power all through this and everything, that's going to get really complicated really quick as far as those traces go. Versus on a laptop, when you're not going as far of a distance, like physically you're not going as far, um, it's more constrained. You know, the, the tolerances are tighter, but at the same time, your signal lasts that for that, that length of the run. So that's why you can see laptops with two Thunderbolt 3 ports and almost no desktops with it. <laughs> well, someone was asking that uh, now that uh, Apple's going to be moving to ARM, what are they going to do with their Thunderbolt ports? It's a great question. Do you think Intel wants anything to do with them anymore? Yeah. No, I'm betting most. Well, likely... you guys have doubled down on this Thunderbolt architecture. It'd be yeah. a shame if that just went away. <laughs> I mean, that would be interesting because, yeah, what are they gonna? They'll they'll have to switch over to USB. See. Wouldn't be the first time that Apple has sold people tens of thousands of dollars in adapters and then switched standards on them with a year and a half notice. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, you done with yours? Just finished. Perfect. Ooh. Anyone say anything good in comments? No. If you have foil wrapped Cat Five, that helps. Or Cat Five E, that helps too. Um, Cat Five E is good for the average home user. James, you are absolutely correct. Cat Five E is good for probably ninety percent of home home runs, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of business applications as well. So long as you don't have you know, 100% fluorescent layouts and you're not laying the cables right over the top of them. Um, but uh, in general, most new deployments are either Cat6 or Cat6A. Cat6A is really only for uh, high-end length requirements um, where you're you're going to be pushing that two and 300 feet foot mark uh, or you need to guarantee high-speed compatibility in the future. You need to ensure that you can get 10 gig up to 100 meters. Um but uh, Cat 6A cables are also a pain in the ass to terminate. Um, where I can do a Cat 6 cable almost in my sleep in probably about a minute and a half and have it pass most certification. Cat 6A, that's a 20 minute job per end. So 40 minutes to for me on my own to manufacture a Cat 6A cable. And I know what I'm doing. I, I don't do it regularly, but I'm good enough at it. You know, maybe a professional, I'm sure, probably has that down to 15 minutes per end. But uh, Cat 6A is a is a bear. <laughs> I wanted to say other words there, but Cat 6A <laughs> is a bear. I, 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 I hesitated. I heard a and I you got like, a B ah! and then it stopped. <laughs> it's a bear. <laughs> yes. Girl. And Orange Juice says, yeah, Cat 6A is awful to run. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Ryan, $5 donation. Uh, a pair and a mic drop. I'll take it. Uh, one bad pull and you're done with Cat 6A. Yeah, uh, the cable itself, it's more heavily shielded and the, thick, and the cables are thicker. But to me, it also seems a little bit more fragile, a little bit more brittle, a little bit easier to break. Where with Cat 6, sometimes if you get a kink in the cable, it'll unkink and the wire is a little bit more... You know, you got some more tensile strength in it. Uh, whereas with Cat6A, it's like, nope, 
nope, you're dead. It, it's almost, it almost breaks like fiber. It's not quite as bad, but if you kink fiber, you're not unkinking fiber. 6A there, is kind of the same way. There's an interesting article just posted in the Discord talking about Apple and ARM-based uh, laptops saying that they will support Thunderbolt. It's what they say. It's what they say. It's what they say. I'm sure the first wave will. Um, but moving forward, that's an Intel-owned item. If you're in, I mean, at the moment, if you're Intel, it's you can't really pick and choose your customers. Yeah. <laughs> so you might have to sell them product even if you don't want to. But at the end of the day, a sale is still a sale. Yeah. But if you wanted to see that article, though, you can also join Jeff's Discord and all the other shenanigans that we do on Jeff's Discord to literally help Jeff pay for the lights that are in his background. I believe you said there's like 19 possible lights in that room. Something alone. like that. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and actually, the, if you are more interested in stuff like Jeff was saying earlier, we do talk a little car. If you're interested in trade and talking to the rest of myself, Steve, Rhett, Jeff, who really cares about that guy. Um, but, you know, all the other people on Talking Heads and whatnot. It is literally only a, well, is it still a dollar? Yeah, minimum $1. Minimum $1. Look at that. Get it's $1 per video, now. but you can say any monthly max that you want. So if you just want to chip me a buck a month, that's totally cool. If you want to donate a dollar per video, that's even better. If you want to donate more, that is totally up to you and is even much more appreciated. Uh, because, yeah, as you saw last week, you're literally helping me keep the lights on around here now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make sure you even follow Jeff on Twitter and all of his daily, even more now than daily shenanigans. He's posting twice, if not three times as much. Uh, we're working on double. We're working on double. <laughs> uh, I, I will have oh, a second no, video up this week. I was saying your Twitter. Oh, the Twitter. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Twitter's <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's been through the roof since I started working from home. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, uh, my bad, but you're welcome for the pair. Uh, best beer you've had this month, hopefully from Ohio. Um, or hopefully for Ohio. Um Best beer I've had this month. Hmm. I had a couple of really good ones. Uh, now, this month has been pretty short. Uh, I did open... Gosh, what was that? Hold on. It's within it's within a month-long period, but it, but it was in June. Let me grab my phone here so I can... <laughs> ba, 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 ba. So uh, my wife bought me a trigger for Father's Day. And uh, so we christened that with, uh, let's see. This is not the right way to share pictures, but I'm gonna do it anyway. So we christened it with, uh, with that on the grill, which is some uh, two and a half to three inch thick uh, New York strip steaks. It was about $30 per cut. And so that was $60 in steak on my grill. Uh, and we cooked it for about three and a half hours. <laughs> um, and uh, John, you recognize that bottle. Oh, I do. You you know exactly what that one is. <laughs> That's the best beer that I've had this month. Uh, this is the Fremont uh, Barrel Age Dark Star Imperial Oatmeal Stout 2018 edition. That's if a you great don't, beer. If you don't know the Fremont Dark Star, it is a series of beers um, and, uh, they do, what is it? Four per year. And they're all, they're always yep. different. 
Um, it's it's kind of like the the Goose Island uh, Bourbon County Reserve, um, but uh, this is Fremont's version of it, where they're yeah, the okay. racks dip bottles and they're obscenely good. Oh yeah, they're like 20, 25 bucks a bottle starting. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know, they always have the base, the base version. And then usually there's like, uh, three variants that they usually do like, oh, the best one from last year. And then like two experimentals, something right. along that line. Um, so John and I are both on mailing lists for a number of different beer trading websites and, uh, and rare beer spotters and things like that. And, uh, I got an email one day from a bar that is near me. And it said, uh, Hey, <laughs> we just got this year's Fremont reserves. We have all four available first come first serve we open at three and when you get that email you have two hours to get there Basically, otherwise you will yeah. not get them yeah uh because usually they get a case or two yeah is all the allotments it's, it's usually only about get. one case if, yeah. if they're lucky right and so uh so i get that email and i'm going i need to stop there on my way home from work and i haven't <laughs> even put my phone down and john has already texted me and he says are you anywhere near Salem right now? <laughs> and I went true. and I said, how many bottles do you want? And he goes, how did you know what I was asking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, that was true. That's totally a thing. We will call each other and go like, I just saw this is announced. You're closer than I am. <laughs> yeah. Go get it. <laughs> go okay. Get it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's where that bottle came from. <laughs> Um, let's see. We've got, uh, Richard. Santa. That's the, that's the best beer that I've had this month. Anyway, that was a yeah. long way of saying that, uh, <laughs> Richard Bogan, $10. Thank you so much, man. Uh, seems like Thunderbolt is the Rambus of this generation. You guys do a good job. Thanks. Um, I think that's an apt description where, where Rambus was kind of the better technology that no one ever used because of licensing and, and other BS that had to go into it. I, I don't know that there's a more apt, uh, explanation that I could make than that. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Rambus was running at 800 megahertz when uh, DDR was coming out at 133 megahertz, which is why you call DDR DDR400, which is actually DDR running at 133 megahertz, is they added a multiplier to the end of the number to make it bigger. And so that's why these days when you see DDR25600, it's DDR2133. That's the megahertz that it's running at. It's just that its stepper clock is running at 25,600 or 25,600. It's an old marketing play by DDR to get specs that they didn't actually achieve. Uh, James, $5. Uh, So you're telling me I've uh, I've been putting off uh, flashing my Ford from Sync 3.0 to 3.4, even though all the hardware is there and it won't void my warranty. <laughs> um, well, you're dealing with Ford and Microsoft at the same time. So best of luck to you. Buddy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's horrible. <laughs> that's all I can say there. By the way, Microsoft fired their entire QA department for software about four years ago. So Godspeed, my friend. <laughs> Put that into your car. <laughs> Powered by Windows. Ah! Ah! <laughs> We're going to die. <laughs> Windows Vista. The bomb robot. Yeah. <laughs> what operating system? Vista. We're going to die. <laughs> 
the D, $20 Canadian. I will still take it. Thank you. Uh, many of my machines are more than 50 yards away from the closest building, and my client isn't a fan of distribution boxes, so I've had to wrestle 150-pound machine onto delicate fiber connections out of the curb. Um, oof. Ouch. Yeah. That's... Yeah, especially since you don't believe in distribution. So you're are you running with, like, just the ends of cables there? Like, you have... You're running 50 yards and you just have like a spool of fiber behind you. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Drake, $5 donation. Uh, join the discord. If you support craft, help keep the lights on. Hashtag do it. Hashtag discord. Get access to the discord. That is uh, right now the best and well, only perk of uh, of the Patreon. I am looking at doing some, uh, some higher end uh, tiers eventually. Um, now that I have more time, I can explore some more options. Uh, we've been talking about Jen, uh, the potential of John reading you one bedtime story per night for That's certain right. levels of donations, uh, to which John's interpretation of that was, uh, can I read them the backs of beer labels? <laughs> I mean, I didn't hear anyone complain when I, when I offered it. I said, that sounds like a bedtime story to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Malt, barley, <laughs> two row, <laughs> Willamette hops. Yeah. <laughs> Original gravity 0. 0.004. <laughs> Chapter 1. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because the risk of birth defects. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems. <laughs> every, every story would be like... <laughs> Good night, son. Good night. <laughs> I'm talking to my beer. <laughs> uh, join John on his second channel, his ASMR beer. <laughs> ASMR beer reviews. <laughs> uh, Ryan, $2. What's the Discord link? It is in the description below. Yes. Uh, the the Discord is behind my Patreon paywall. I, I am one of the only YouTubers that requires you join the Patreon to get access to the Discord, but it's only $1. I do that for two reasons. Number one, it gets me a dollar. Uh, <laughs> number two is the community gets a sense of ownership over it, and I'm less likely to have to take disciplinary measures, moderate, keep people... I don't you even know, think we've ever had to do that because of this. It's, I have it's, never it's... had... I have only ever sent out two messages that sent out, please don't post that again. Yeah. That's it. And they, and they both complied like, oh, so sorry. I knew I went too far. My bad. I knew I was pushing the line, but I hoped it was close enough. Nope. Sorry, bro. Okay. I won't bring... Cool. And they're, and they're still active. And, and they're, they're still active. Yeah. One of them's a mod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know which one did that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But because you get a sense of ownership of it, because you have to pay a dollar. It's something that you think about and it's something that you, I don't want to say take for granted, but you feel like you want to contribute a little bit more and you feel like you want to be part of the community a little bit more. It helps, number one, build the community a little bit better. It gets people there who actually want to be there and not just want to get on there and troll. And if you want to get on there and troll, cool. You gave me $5 to kick you off of my server. <laughs> yep. So, But no, um, it's, it's a great, because there's so many rooms in there. Yeah that are always active. That's the, I guess, all the other thing is, like you're saying, takes a sense of ownership, but you go on a lot of other channels that have, oh, here's a bunch of free rooms, but then you have to pay for the one. Right. And no one's in any of those free rooms. 
everyone is in every single one of your rooms. Yeah. It is constantly annoying because it's just ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I turned them all off now, but it's active. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven already are getting new messages right now. Right. Uh, since I checked at, I was on at 7.15. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And only one of those is the live chat. There's been 11 rooms with activity in them. And yeah. uh, most of them more than than I can scroll back through. So Exactly. It's an active live thing. It's actually, it's yep. been so nice because we used to have to, at its infancy, you know, all of the mods were just like on there all the time to like try to keep it active. Now it's not. It's all, all of the patrons keep it very active yep. and everyone is very welcoming. And we're there too. So Yeah, then there's that too. And, and we do respond to every single uh, tag. You tag one of us and we do respond right I'm, away. I, I'm in there three, four, five times a day. Yeah. Even when I shouldn't be, I'm usually in Discord. So, uh, Scott, $5 donation, Green Mountain Grill over Traeger. Uh, I hear that and I, I do agree with you in a lot of regards. Uh, uh, you say uh, you get all the same pellet grill tastes with the added Wi-Fi controller nerdiness. Um, I don't have a Wi-Fi controller, but I do have a Wi-Fi thermometer. So it tells me what my meat is doing. Um, and that works just fine for me. And uh, it's fine. <laughs> it works. It works great. Um, you know, I, I do like the Green Mountain Grills. Uh, I believe my dad has a Green Mountain Grill uh, after having a Traeger for a number of years um, and a other family have have other other versions as well so it's a pellet grill it's great what more do you want yeah hey we got a new patron awesome hey all right we tricked someone finally it's actually ryan hey ryan joined the uh the patreon welcome ryan <laughs> okay um what new else beer? we got i need another beer yeah yes uh you got one next to you I don't. Me neither. Okay. Um, I can get over there faster, so let me grab you do one. do that, yeah. I will I will entertain them with my charming good looks. Yeah. They could have done that pretty much for the rest of the show. That's what they were saying in the comments. So... We're about to get demonetized. <laughs> uh, so American Cosworth, uh, one of my patrons, sent me a care package this last week. Oh, speaking of which, I need to open a care package. That's right. I have beer mail. You suck. I forgot. I actually did have beer mail today. I, I had to pay for it, but and I already opened it. So. Tavor I, doesn't count. It wasn't Tavor. It wasn't Tavor. <laughs> It's, it's beer you can't get anymore. Ooh. Really, really old beer. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Um, hang, on. hang on. Take this out. This is pretty cool. Ah. And just like that, he leaves me. He said I deal I with... I did that. I'll just go ahead and grab my beer. Oh. By the way, uh, before, before the show started, because I was rebuilding my streaming PC on the fly. Uh, we were joking that John's still going to be the reason I'm late tonight. Uh, hops and brews kind of, kind of looks like Tim Minchin. I see it. I see it. 
So, uh, what'd you get? Uh, a beer that I'm not allowed to say the name on on camera. Oh, the one. Okay. Oh, oh, one of those. Okay. One of these. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got one of these. Um, so hopefully YouTube's uh, site algorithms aren't quite as good, but I know their auditory algorithms do detect both of these words and will instantly demonetize me if I say either one of them. So I'm not going to say either one of these these words, but uh, you get the point. It's from. Uh, uh, Ale Asylum in Madison, Wisconsin. It's a 4% Pilsner. There are, there are two different versions of this beer. One of them is a Pilsner, and that's what I have. Um, there's another one. I believe it was a Pale it's a, Ale. It's a Pale Ale. It's a hazy yeah. Pale Ale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, Cosworth sent this one over from the Discord. So thank you, Cosworth, for providing me with uh, some beer. Yeah, no, I got... And I, I agree with all the sentiments that are on the front. <laughs> I got uh, some really old canned wow. beer. Like a pool top. Wow. So I got that one. I got some really old cans of beer. Now, now, John, you you mentioned that you have some really old cans of beer and that you paid for them. Um, I I realized earlier this week I never got a shipment of beer that I paid pretty decent money for earlier this year. Um, so Sierra Nevada. Do you know where I'm going with this? Um, it's it's a uh, beers that you really like to hold over my head that you have like all of them, <laughs> right? Uh, so anytime John and I go beer hunting, John is usually looking for well a number of different beers, but one of the ones that he always buys when he sees them is the Bigfoot from Sierra Nevada, yes, and it is their annual barley wine series, um, and they are freaking delicious, and they come in twelve ounce bottles, and uh, and they're just a yearly release. Uh, John had every year except like one or two going back to what was it, 2008? Something like I that. I had 2006, uh, t- uh, 26. Yeah, yeah. T- t- 2006. Yeah. yeah 2006. I think you were missing like a 2013 was, or something. Yeah, like that. I was missing like one year, but yeah. uh, I think now I'm up to like it's 12, 12 to, to 20. You got 12 to 20? Okay. Yeah. Um, so Sierra Nevada, right after this whole thing started in uh, late February, early March, they figured people weren't going to be going out and buying beer quite as often. And so they announced that they are releasing a uh, whole bunch of cellared bottles oh, of yes. all of these beers. Uh, and I bought a pack of those. And I think it was like $130. And I should have had every year 10 through 20. And I don't think it showed up. Oh, I think it was delivered somewhere, but I think it might've been swiped because I just remembered like, where is that box at? <laughs> like I, I remember like ordering it and my credit card was charged and I went back and checked shipping and apparently it was delivered somewhere. I don't have it unless it's in my garage somewhere. Like a box got set somewhere, <laughs> oh. but I can't find it. Yeah. Oh, that stinks. Yeah. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, because it was, it was like, a six pack of each, is what yeah, I bought. Yeah, it was it, no, it was, it was like a it was a six pack or twelve pack. It was like two of each of like the last six or eight years, right? So, something like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, it was like it was the last. I think it was the last six years, and you got two of each, right? Something like that. So it was a twelve yeah. pack. Um, but I, I but I bought two of them. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I don't know that I actually have it. Come on, Sierra Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Sierra Nevada, if you're watching tonight, um, I would love to get those beers. 
Yes, please. Especially because I paid for them. Uh, at this point, it's probably my fault because I, I should have realized or whatever else, but early March was kind of a weird time for me. So so I got I got Level Beers uh, Hop Ottermac. Which I haven't is, had that one. Which is uh, kind of uh, Mega Man themed. Yeah. Uh, Steve Steve got a different one, which is actually like the old school. Um, I think it was like Nintendo The Wrestling, where it had like the Masked Man on it. Yep. Yep. So he got one with art design like that. So double IPA, nine percent. See, I have another. I've got a couple different level beers in my fridge right now. I'm trying to remember which. Hazy's in my fridge right now. She heard a firework. Uh-oh. Okay. I can't get her to go out either. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a new, another new glassware, kind of curved. <laughs> Sexy looking. So anyway, there's Ooh. the, uh, yeah. That's good. Level Beer is one of those ones that Probably seven out of ten beers that I have from them are really good. Yeah. Really, really good. No, usually... Uh... And then three are below average. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no middle ground with them. Like, they're either exceptional or, like, I shouldn't have ordered that. Yeah. No, that, it, it really is that way. And the nice part there it is, like you said, seven out of ten. So, majority of the time, you're like, okay, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get it. I'll give it a whirl. You're disappointed, but majority of the time you are not disappointed at all right um gosh what's the i have a level beer in my fridge right now um yeah uh don't call it hazy or something like that um don't call me hazy gosh what is the name of that beer now there's Girdwood Brewing Company. Don't call it hazy. Don't go haze in waterfalls? No. I'm not a hazy. I just crush a lot. Oh. And it gets a 378 on untapped. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so this one, this particular beer, this beer here. Uh, from Ale Asylum, uh, gets a 3.39. Mine gets a 3.89. You know, I will say, I'm not normally a fan of Pilsners. This one's okay. No, you know, it's so funny. Uh, once you start finding a few Pilsners or lagers, okay, that's not too bad. Mm -hmm. You're like, you start drinking it just a little more and a little more. Right. And then you start developing a taste of like, you know what? It's not bad. I wouldn't mind. Okay, I find a place for them. My only real problem now, though, is still this, okay, I paid five bucks for this 9% very tasty IPA. Right. I'm going to be paying five bucks for a 4%. For four, four, five, if you're really lucky. Exactly. Right. You know, for a, a <laughs> light beer that I might like. Right. You know? That hopefully it's an okay Pilsner that doesn't taste like 
shortbread. <laughs> exactly. And so that's what that's it's just it's still so hard to justify doing that um, right. and, and buying those beers. It's and it's not even just the alcohol content, but again, that's almost like a, just a little bit of a perk. But there's still always more flavor and complexity mm-hmm. to a hoppy beer or a malty Belgian or a stout, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where the Pilsners or Lagers, it's it's most of the time very one dimensional. Yes. And then when they try to make it complex by saying, hey, here's a hoppy lager. <laughs> Here, here's a dry hopped pilsner. Yeah, and then it's know, like that—that's a very common one that I see. Yeah, say. and then to me, I go to them like, hey, that's just two flavors that don't work. Right. You know, here's a here's a dry hopped pilsner. It's four point three percent. It's six dollars a can. Yeah. Why am I buying this? I'm still waiting for something to compel me to buy that product over the, you know. Fort George Cavatica Stout that's sitting right next to it for the same price. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We do have some beer news. We do. We do. So just like, uh, Jeff, you were uh, barbecuing for Father's Day with your Traeger outside. And uh, if I remember correctly, it was pretty decent weather on Father's Day. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, we've been... Uh, so June, most of June in Oregon was pretty crappy weather. And we don't get crappy weather in June. Um, like occasionally it'll threaten like a, a rainy day, but like sprinkles. Um, really most of Oregon's rain is done by May. Yeah. And then we have five months of beautiful weather. Oh, yeah. Um, spring is beautiful in Oregon. <laughs> spring all the way through summer the way is summer. usually beautiful. Yeah. Um, not a cloud in the sky. Um, and everything's still green, even though it's dry. And uh, and it's just gorgeous. Uh, June sucked. <laughs> it, yes. It, uh, it was I mean, raining there, every day. There was like one good week, and then that was it. Yeah, and it was the last week. It was the week leading up to the fourth. And then... Uh, what was it? July 1st through 3rd, it was raining again. Yeah. And, and we never get rain in July. Uh, we average one day of rain in July per year. It's already rained four days yeah. out of eight. Uh, like it rained Sunday night too. It's like, what the crap is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, usually like you're saying, it, it's good weather. It's warm weather. It's hot and it starts getting hot. Now it doesn't really get super hot till about August or September. Mm-hmm. But there are places right now that are getting pretty hot, and it's good barbecue weather. But now, apparently, St. Louis is having a heat wave going on right now. And something cool that Budweiser is actually doing is trying to help you out with this heat wave is stating that the hotter it gets, <laughs> the cheaper their beer will become. Now, it's already pretty cheap. We get that. but <laughs> Anheuser-Busch. St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone following that connection? Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, so, um, but they will drop the price. I'm pretty sure the- it's a city service. They just, you know, hook that up along with your gas and water in your house. <laughs> oh, wait. No, that's the sewage line. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. <you're- laughs> but, the double uh, joke. You see what I did there? Yeah, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> So they're doing some pretty interesting things. So they're doing a, a giveaway and a price drop. So what they're stating is that if it hits 100 degrees any day in July, 
that they will award 25 people that day uh, with just some prizes, you know, a pool or some giveaway prizes, uh, lawn chairs, 20 bucks for apparently ice. Um, and if it hits any day, it hits 95 degrees or above 95 degrees, they will lower the price of their Bud, which is not Budweiser, but Bud Ice, the worst one, but by a dollar per degree. So that's actually pretty interesting. So if you are at a, and it doesn't state that there's a max. But there's a max. Price it doesn't state that, at least in this article. Right, right. So if you hit 100 degrees and that Bud Ice is usually six bucks, it's now only a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought actually that's, pretty interesting kind of cool um it is a cool promotion it's a cool cool promotion i i like anheuser-busch and i love their marketing department because a lot of the stuff that you see out of them is the stuff that you would spitball as a small bar owner yeah oh how can we get people to come down and and visit us you know it's been hot as hell and no one's on the sidewalk tell you what for every three degrees over 95 that hits tomorrow we'll take a dollar off every pint like it's the crap you spitball in the back room of a of a local tap house. It's it's not the stuff that you normally see from Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. You know, yeah. those are two very different paradigms in business markets, but um, they're constantly killing it with stuff like this. So as as much as we, we love to hate on Anheuser-Busch and we don't like them buying, you know, craft breweries and things like that, their marketing is always killed. Oh yeah, it, it's always fun, and they do seem to give back. They give back very well, uh, right. and, and very clever, tongue-in-cheek advertisements. Very tongue-in-cheek. Um, just unfortunately, they just don't make good beer, for the most part. But I mean, it's the number one selling beer for a reason. But whatever, no, whatever. Although I would say, if if I saw Bud Ice for a buck, yeah, I would probably buy it as just, hey, it's Bud Ice for a buck. Okay, I'll buy a can. <laughs> well, I would buy it and be like, bring it on to craft here, Jeff. Tea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, hey guys, today on Talking Hands, we're going to be drinking Dollar Bud Ice. Why do you think I'm not wasting a dollar on it? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll buy it. <laughs> right. Anything that I have to try, uh, John is already bought and will bring over both good and bad i've talked about this you have to take the good with the bad with john and unfortunately you've got a a plethora of bad i wanted i wanted to make a joke but it's not a joke that i can make in polite company um daniel tosh had a great joke but i'm not gonna go there um (laughs) i was gonna make an analogy and i stopped myself um you have to drink a lot of crap to appreciate a really good beer and uh, John makes me drink a lot of crap. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, and I still got everything saved for you, Jeff. It's I know. sitting in the fridge. The longer this goes, the thicker that shelf gets. Oh, that really it really has me. It worried. really is. Oh, I still got the Four Loco in there. I still got some. I, I got the. I haven't even done this yet, but the Paps Seltzer. I got um, some other. Oh, you haven't even tried the Budweiser Nitro yet. Oh yeah. I oh I also have some Jack Daniel's malt liquor. <laughs> it's gonna be great. 
Yeah, the Jack Daniels malt liquor, the same stuff that my grocery store got in, had on the shelf for a week and immediately went to the clearance section because no one bought it. No one bought it. That's where I yeah. bought it from was the clearance section. I got it for a buck a can, a buck yeah. 50 a can. I don't yeah. even think they charged me deposit because they were like, just get it out of here. Right. Meanwhile, my, my local grocery store actually has like a clearance beer section. And there's usually really good stuff in there. It's it's like they'll take like the last four six packs that they have of a beer that they're not going to buy again, and they'll just throw them down there, and they'll have it like 40, 50, 60 percent off. And so uh, I've gotten some really good bombers down there for you know four, five, six bucks. Yeah, you can get like a twenty-two you know, for like twelve, fifteen dollar bottle. Yeah. Um, uh, I got a lot of singles. Uh, in fact, the the flux capacitor beer that I drank on the show last week, I think I paid a buck fifty a can for that. Um, and that was a good beer. Um, so I, I love shopping that section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like grocery outlet, outlet for craft beer. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, scratch and dent 50% off. <laughs> yeah. Just sit there, grab that can of beer, dent it. Oh, <laughs> clearance. My oh, bad. No. oh, this bourbon barrel aged beer has got a dent. Oh. The wax is chipped now. Oh, man. Oh, $10 uh, off. <laughs> worst beer I've had this year. $5 question from uh, from Ryan. Oh, by the way, uh, Big Big Spoon says, $5. I miss real boops. Can I get a virtual one? Uh, just for you, Spoon. Are you ready? Boop. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what's the worst beer you've had this year? Uh... I don't know. John hasn't been over a lot. Yeah, exactly. No, that, that's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I, I would have. What to... is the worst beer that I've had? The problem is that. Uh, oh, I, have... I got it. I okay. got it. And in fact, I have another. I have a bottle for you to review, John. <laughs> I've got one for you. I don't remember what it was, um, but I, I have a, I bought two bottles because again, I went to the clearance section of my local grocery store. Um, and uh, I think I paid $2 each for this and it's a bomber bottle. It's a chocolate stout. Okay. I went, how bad could that be? Exactly. You know, eight and a half percent, you know, it's a lighter stout, but it's, you know, it's a chocolate stout. Yeah. It's like Smirnoff made a stout. It is artificial it's it's like hershey syrup poured into a smirnoff ice <laughs> i wish i was kidding that sounds like my very first stout i ever made <laughs> it was it was awful and what's funny is um i think it's in one of my videos for the intro and i actually faded the bottle out and and opened a different beer i didn't announce it this one <laughs> this time i just like pretended it didn't exist um but that's been since I moved. So that's within, been within the last six months. Um, is it the one you couldn't finish? No, that was a different beer. That was, uh, there was a beer when I was living with my in-laws that I opened and I went, ah, and I, I had a couple of drinks of it. And I went, nope, 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 nope. And uh, so that was, that was again, I'm, I'm trying to remember which, which one this was, or maybe I even, I don't even know if it's on camera because I opened it to be on camera and I poured it and everything else. And I took a drink and went, Nope. <laughs> set it down, uh, and went and got a different beer. It, it was just bad. I'm like going through my history. Like, I don't have that, like a horrible beer on there. 
The problem is when it gets late at night and John goes, ah, I've been meaning to try this one after yeah. like four other beers. He they usually all... still rates pretty high. Like, ah, three, seven, five. Actually, I will. Okay. You know what? You know what? I will state the probably the worst, not, I wouldn't say it's the worst beer, but the least impressed beer I've had. That's, that's a better. Yeah. Uh, least impressed beer. Where, uh, 90% of this company, always a home run for me, especially in the IPA categories was Stone's Soaring Dragon, that, really? that that Imperial White Tea IPA. Don't enjoy that beer. I, yeah. I don't I don't like that beer. I yeah. even after my review, because I bought a four pack of them, or I bought two and then they shipped me two, so I ended up with four. Mm-hmm. And I've been having it and I was like, I just struggle to like want to drink those beers. Right. Um one that didn't live up to any expectations that I had. That's that's a great question too. I know there's been one that I was looking forward to trying. Was that the um, one last week? Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, what? Well, yeah, that, that was, was the, the uh, Big Bad Tista Big Bad, five. Yeah, yeah. Like know. I'd been saving that bottle for a while. I have that bottle too. Yeah, and and I tried it, and it's like, no, no. Like there, there should have been so much to that one. That should have been on the level of like the Fremont Dark Star, uh, which was the best beer that that I've had this year. It should have been like that level of beer. Should have been. And uh, it was stored properly. It was, you know, it was stored upright. It was in a fridge the entire time. You know, it's not like it went bad on me in the garage or something like that. Um, but I opened it up and it's like, Oh, it's supposed to be bourbon and vanilla and blah, 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 caramel and blah, blah, blah. it's like I kind of taste some bourbon and it's really cheap bourbon at that. Yeah. And and I kind of get this and then the rest of it it just doesn't exist. Like like there are nine flavors there and I'm tasting two. Yeah. And one of them isn't even very good. No, I had so, cuz I opened up, I accidentally bought a bottle of like their cappuccino version of that. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally bought two of those, so I opened one, and I was very disappointed with it too. But when I looked at the ratings, like, oh, that's the lowest one. I was like, okay, that's that that explains it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm now I'm now that's two two of those. I think a series of five that mm-hmm. have come out bad. I was like, I'm kind of like dreading opening up the right. other ones. Or kind of committed at this point, but at yeah, the same time. I, I already <laughs> bought them. Maybe I'll age them. Maybe I'll just like bring them over for like a special occasion on your show be like yeah i brought a good beer oh well i yeah. tried jeff <laughs> but yeah no last week uh last week was a weird show uh if you tuned in last week um i was not at the top of my game last week uh wednesday was kind of an emotional day for me um not only because it was my first day of literally being unemployed um but the the amount of support that I received from my family uh, first thing in the morning with them sneaking me, sneaking a bunch of t-shirts to, to uh, patrons and other YouTubers and then seeing all the support throughout the day and hundreds upon hundreds of, of good words from viewers on, on that video that I posted. Um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was an emotional day. And by the time eight o'clock rolled around, I was just drained. And I'm trying to get into the news and I'm trying to like form cohesive sentences and and make them coherent. And I just couldn't do it. And about 40 minutes into the show, I said, you know what, Red? There's not a lot of news to talk about, even though we had like six articles left. There's not a lot of news. Let's see what chat wants to talk about. And I just started BSing and I kind of lightened up. And so 
Last week was a weird show. <laughs> well, you also drank all that scotch. <laughs> I'd been drinking since three also. <laughs> Actually, that was the day before. Because yeah. uh, uh, pretty much when I signed out of work and deleted the email off of my phone and, and everything else. And, uh, you know, kind of did like my last, like, I'm out of here. Run, run execution script and then close my <laughs> VPN really quick. Um, uh yeah, uh, it was like okay, that's Superman cool. Superman three I, virus go. <laughs> right, and then I sat down at three o'clock and I filmed my my outro video, w- which I was posting the next morning on on Wednesday morning. And uh, so that day, I'd been drinking from like three o'clock in the afternoon, just sipping on that bottle of scotch. <laughs> and uh, that's the only day I I drank on it. And there's more air than scotch in that bottle at this point. <laughs> it's a really good scotch. Um, and uh, the next day I didn't have much. I think I had a beer with dinner or something like that. But like I said, that that day was like just super high, but super high days can still be emotionally draining, especially when you need to go on camera and dance, puppet dance. Like, yeah. I can't do it. Can't. I, I was, I was. <laughs> my, uh, my brain is not here. I, I was curious of the morning because your wife texted me uh, because of the shirt stuff uh, yeah. of what ended up happening at, 730 because that's when you posted your video because you had to post it early yeah i uh, I, I posted the video at 650 650 a.m yeah so so because you had to do that so you got notifications yep. for talking heads mm-hmm. and um uh she stated that uh something around like the you were at the breakfast table and no i was down i i, I had gone upstairs had a bowl of cereal Okay. Um, taking the dog for a walk, made a cup of coffee, and then came downstairs. And I was going to check on the video and see how it was doing because it was about you know seven thirty, seven forty-five, something like yeah. that. So it had been up for close to an hour. Um, and uh, and I'm seeing the responses come in on comments, and I'm like, that's really cool. Like yeah. like people are digging this. They liked the video. I was a little bit nervous because uh, the the first three minutes of that video are like my ode to a student film. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I was like, know, wow, Jeff took time to like do this. <laughs> I shot that entire thing on Tuesday wow, and wow. then edited it that afternoon and then posted it Wednesday morning. Uh, so, but yeah, there was some serious work into that, but I also, I also kind of challenged myself. I shot it on, uh, my Sony VG 10 camcorder. Uh, so it's just a 1080 30 ABC HD, not a lot of dynamic range, but it's like, how can you still make this visually interesting? So I, I didn't want to take like my cinema camera out there and it's like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I, I wanted to like make myself focus on the content rather than the equipment. Um, so that was the nerdy side of myself is challenging myself with a diff- different piece of equipment. But uh, anyway, so I get downstairs about 7.45 and I'm drinking my coffee and reading comments and going, oh, that's really cool. And I get onto Twitter and uh, one of our patron users had like uh, um, posted like... Uh, I couldn't get a, a cool craft computing shirt, so I made my own. And it had he had a shirt that I've worn before, which is the uh, uh, Let's Get Crafty with the, the beer pint on it. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And I didn't happen to notice that he put the hashtag in that, that post. He tagged me in it, but he also put the hashtag support craft in there. Uh, well, for those who don't know, all my patrons got a t-shirt, or a lot of my patrons got a t-shirt. Uh, pretty much if you were in the continental U.S. and had been on for, what, what was it, more than six months or something like that, you got a t-shirt. Um, uh, or as many of them as we could ship out in responses with about five days lead time. Um, and uh, so they were supposed to post t-shirts at 10 a.m. 
Now, my wife had told me she won off to the t-shirt and uh, and I had the only one. I'm like, well, that's cool that you found someone who was, oh, John just dropped out. Yay. Hooray. Go away, John. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, they weren't supposed to post the t-shirts until 10 a.m. Well, someone jumped the gun and posted their shirt at 740. Uh, and so I'm sitting there drinking my coffee and I kind of stop and I look up and I went, how did he get a t-shirt? And I look over at my wife and she goes, I made a bit more. And I went, how many more? And she goes, like a hundred. <laughs> so that was fun. Hopefully John will come back to us here in a minute. If not, it's 9.53. Uh, we only had a couple other news items to get to, so let me see uh, if I can jump onto those right now. Um, let's see here. Uh, one announcement came out yesterday that I am super excited for. And uh, let me get rid of my other duplicate self. There we go. Uh, that is that Hitman 3 has been announced. And we probably knew this was coming. We saw... Uh, it's been in talks for years that IO Interactive has been actively developing the next game for Hitman. Um, but uh, we finally got the official announcement. Hitman 3 Death Awaits. Um, and this is going to be uh, following the same model that the previous two versions of Hitman have followed. And that is, uh, uh, it's going to be kind of a subscription-like service where the base game is free and you get to play like a demo of the game. And then each episode that comes out is a 10 or $15 add-on. And so you buy different level packs. Um, and in the end, the entire game ends up costing like 80 or $90, or you can buy all of the episodes up front for like 60 bucks. And so you're still paying about what you would pay at retail, but it's a way that if you only want to play one or two things with friends, you can get on there and do that. You can download the demo of it and play for free. Uh, so it's just, in the end, it's pretty much the same price but it's just a bit, a little bit different way of spinning what the retail cost of this game is. And I do like this model more than the buy the retail game and then buy the super deluxe version with like three skins and an extra gun that we didn't include in the main game for whatever reason. And then only if you bought it at GameStop, you get this gun. And only if you bought it at Best Buy, you get this online only skin. And then we're going to sell you DLC packs and, and everything else. And you know, we've got like $700 worth of DLC that adds like nothing to the actual game or adds all the features that should have been in the base game. Um, so I definitely prefer this model of building a game over that model, <laughs> over Sims 4, shall we say. Oh, sorry, we couldn't make pools because it was too technically challenging. Oh, I'm sorry. Something that you had in Sims 1 was too technically challenging to include in Sims 4. So you decided to make it a $20 add-on pack. No, I think you just wanted to sell an extra $20 in product. That's what happened there. Uh, Hitman 3, again, sounds annoying, very annoying. I, I am a massive fan of the Hitman series of games. Um, and uh, I know they're not everyone's jam, but uh, but they certainly are for me. I, I like the strategy and the skill that's involved in, in the game. I like that they're very open-ended. Um, and... Uh, they're just a lot of fun. The, the environments have always been very cool. And it, uh, in, a, in a world of nothing but first-person shooters, when the, the game came out, you know, hack and slash slash first-person shooters was pretty much all the rage and all you got on PC games. This was a little bit different where it's like, 
no, you don't just go in and kill everyone. There, there's an objective that you can achieve in a different way. Maybe without killing them, maybe killing them and having no one else notice. And it's it's just fun. Um, and yeah, Sims 3 rules. I do agree with that. Uh, Sims 4 can suck it though. Uh, let's see. Uh, Halo 3 uh, for the Master Chief Collection has a release date and it is actually next Tuesday, July 14th. If you have the Master Chief Collection for PC, you can download Halo 3 and play it finally uh, as the game probably should have been played originally. Uh, so that is very cool news. And lastly, uh, Sega has announced in their craze of building miniature consoles that they are bringing a new miniature console to market in the form of the Sega Astro City Mini. Now, for those who don't know, these are essentially what the popular Sega uh, arcade machines are in all of the Japanese arcades. This is what filled the aisles of them for years. And this is what Sega shipped you know, worldwide for a number of years. Um, but uh, they're very cool machines. Uh, and this time the games look to be pretty interesting because on the screen right there is Virtua Fighter, which is a 3D driven game. So I'm wondering what kind of hardware they have under the box that 3D emulation is possible or if they re-rendered or, you know, recompiled a lot of these games for, you know, an, an ARM-based PC or a Cortex-based PC or something like that. Uh, but the fact that it's running 3D uh, makes me hopeful that it's actually got some decent hardware under the hood. Uh, at release, it's going to include uh, Alien Syndrome, Alien Storm, Golden Axe, Golden Axe, Revenge of Death Adder, Columns 2, Dark Edge, uh, Tant R, Virtua Fighter, Fantasy Zone, and Altered Beast. Uh, there are going to be, I think it said close to 70 games uh, released. Or no, grand total of 36. Uh, and the first 12 have been announced. And uh, Sega's been known to do this with the release of some of their their mini consoles where they release the names of the game in waves. And then uh, by the time you it gets to retail, you know all 36 games that are included. So this is kind of going along with their previous marketing strategy. Uh, Ryan says, don't you dare talk uh, S on Big Bad Baptista. Um, I'm a huge fan of Big Bad Baptista. The problem is that one was not very good. It was not a $25 beer, which is what I paid for it. Um, it did not have the flavors that it should have had. It didn't even taste like quality ingredients. It was very interesting. Um, where I was actually shocked it was as poor as it was. <laughs> and Rambo is over there holding on to Ruby's neck and biting her ear. <laughs> so apparently they're good friends now. Uh, let's see. And Big Big Foon says, congratulations. After party, join Patreon. Also, 10 a.m. Pacific time was the time to share the shirts. Yes, 10 a.m. was the time to share the shirts. If you did it before 10 a.m. Pacific, you jumped the gun. But thank you, everyone, for your support. That that day was everything that I could have hoped it to be. Um, I feel better and better about the decision every single day. Now, I obviously felt pretty good about the decision to follow through with it in the first place. But... Uh, the, the amount of support that you guys have shown in the week that has followed has definitely reaffirmed that decision. So thank you all. Uh, I feel much more confident moving forward now. Anyway, uh, it is 10 o'clock. I think that is going to do it for uh, 
for us here on this episode of Talking Heads, sans John for the last 10 minutes. Apparently John's uh, rebooting a bunch of stuff at his house. I guess his laptop and possibly Comcast failed. Um, and uh, so we'll uh, have to catch up with John when he's back in a couple of weeks. Uh, but make sure to stay or to tune in for next week's show. Next week's show is going to be a little bit special. It is uh, still going to be Talking Heads, but uh, we have a special guest on the show. Tom Lawrence from Lawrence Systems is going to be joining me right here on the show for two hours. Uh, and we're going to be taking questions from you and talking about different tech, maybe debate uh, the whole Proxmox versus uh, uh, XCPNG. Uh, we'll talk FreeNAS. We'll talk a number of different things. Uh, Unify announced yesterday, I believe it was, that they're dropping the Unify uh, video. They're they're discontinuing Unify video and only gave users, what, five, six months notice on it. And uh, I believe he posted a video on that. I haven't watched it yet, but I kind of wanted to pick his brain and maybe we'll talk about it together because uh, uh, while he's a you know service provider, I've also worked in that industry. It might be kind of fun to dive into that subject a little bit. Um, and yeah, John, we're already done. It's 10.01. Just join the after show. We'll, we'll get on there. If you want to talk to John, jump on the after show on Discord, uh, which you can get on by uh, joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. Minimum donation of $1 per month, and you're literally helping me keep the lights on around here. Uh, and last but not least, beer mail. There we go. Uh, so this comes from, uh, I call him OG over on, uh, the Patreon. Um, and, uh, it didn't have his name on the, uh, on the box, but he sent me like a wax sealed envelope with, with my name written on the front of it. And I haven't, I haven't opened any of this yet. So this is all a surprise to me. So here we go. Ooh, handwritten even. Look at that. Uh, Jeff, congrats on going full-time with your YouTube channel. I can imagine that trading a steady full-time career for uh, making videos for a bunch of internet people is intimidating. Uh, working for yourself instead of the man does sound like a nice prospect, though. Here's a bottle of whiskey to celebrate the occasion. Ooh, it's not even beer. It's whiskey mail. All right. Uh, it's from an award-winning local distillery, so it's putting money into the little guy's pocket to boot. Uh, uh, the boy with... The box was too big for just one bottle, so I also included a couple smoked German uh, beers that are un that are a unique flavor. I've had some smoked German beers before, and uh, they are certainly unique. Uh, if you've never had one of those, it's literally like smoked sausage in a bottle. Um, so uh, I've, I've had them before. I do enjoy them, so I'm actually kind of looking forward to those. Uh, sorry about how hard you're going to have to try in order to to get every uh, to get at everything. Uh, to the next chapter in craft computing. Sincerely, Ryan. Thank you so much, man. That is uh, that is very cool. So now on with the actual unboxing. Ugh. All right. So uh, I've had this beer. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the uh, the Hellas. Uh, I I can't even uh, begin to pronounce that one. I, John and I actually had this on the show years and years ago, but I do know this beer. John has had this beer as well. So uh, thank you, man. That is very cool. Uh, got... It's like this is the other... Uh, 
course, this one's taped a little bit better, so it's going to be harder to open here. God, where did the edge of my knife go? I'm going to have to sharpen that thing later. I've been opening too many boxes lately, apparently. Holy crap, how much tape is on here? There we go. Hey, John is back on, it looks like. Hey, John, turn my volume off. I can hear you. No. There you go. Uh, I can't see you, though. I'm assuming because you're in the Discord chat with your video. No. No? Yeah, I, I got no camera feed. Oh, well, just keep doing your thing. Okay, but I can hear you now, and so can I. So you're good to go. Uh, so, John, we've actually had this one before. I don't know if you saw that. This is the oh. uh, the German smoked lager. Do you remember a couple years ago we had that on the show? Uh, I remember it, yeah. Yes, but uh, I didn't get a good look of it. My uh, my computer is still actually freaking out. <laughs> That's, um, yeah. Or are you on? I, I blame you for all of my problems right now. Cause again, uh, we got a uh, a Doppelbach. Very nice. Nice. And let's, Rambo is investigating the box right now. There we go. Hey, there you are. All right, let me uh, put you back on there. There we go. We can see John again. Hey. Hooray, I guess. Yeah. 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 Come on. There we go. So people were trying to suggest titles for what I should name Rambo, because he's an official employee now. Uh, I was thinking Unboxing Specialist. Oh, I thought you were going to go fan, like, uh, Case Warm Tester, Coolant Tester. Yeah. I thought about Product Manager. Uh, Comfort uh, Control. Kadokton Creek. I believe is how you say that. Uh, Roundstone Rye Whiskey, 92 proof. I do love a good rye. Oh, rye stuff is really good. Uh, Steve and I actually had a rye, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was a rye stout. Logging is rye stout from last year. Uh -huh. It wasn't very rye. But, yeah. uh, so. Still good beer. Uh, but oh. Is that the whiskey? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I thought it was a rye beer. No, it's a rye whiskey. Oh. Um, it's a little bit fruity. It's kind of interesting. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the, the Barlow Trail whiskey that I have, which is the whiskey that was aged in port. Um, so it, it has a little like wine characteristic to it. Mm. That's kind of what this reminds me of. Now, it's a, it's a different fruity note to it, but there's, there's a sweetness to it that I usually don't associate with rye. So I'm kind of looking forward to this one. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Thank you so much, Ryan. That is super <laughs> cool. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us here on episode 140 of Talking Heads. It has been a blast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, 
there we go. <laughs> John's back. All right. Uh, and uh, like I said before, if you want to join us in an after party, I'll usually be on uh, the Discord video chat for about an hour afterwards. So uh, get on the Patreon, get into the Discord, be a part of that, join the community. It is a heck of a good time. It is. Uh, John, anything before we go? Uh, subscribe to Hops and Brews. <laughs> subscribe to Hops and Brews. I like it. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, we'll see you next Wednesday, I guess. Yep. Sounds Cheers, good. all. Cheers.